which is called The Science Podcast. And these are a, a couple of atheists that run this podcast. So I thought you'd be interested to hear what they say. This is only one little bit, it's like it's over half an hour, and I couldn't play you the whole thing because I'd have to have so many beeps in it bleeping out uh, the expletives. Because you can't pray in the shit's of space! Tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by Medium Talk. Medium Talk is a skeptical and downright sarcastic narrative-based program that dissects day-to-day living in... I've gone into this whole, like, where I'm clearly just reading it for the second time. Living with as much gusto as these folks down at CERN. Spinning, spend analyzing... This is not going well. Seemingly invisible. I don't know how to read in bold. Uh, This is also highlighted, so I, I apologize, Keith. Matter and cosmos hyphen particles. Where most get lost in the mundane, we seek to elevate conversation and promote a cognizance for the importance, cognizance for the importance of being in the now, being hyphen in hyphen the hyphen now, sorry. But don't call it mindfulness, dash. We wear yoga pants into battle and discomfort comes standard with every episode. That is that is a long intro. We love you, Keith to, and Mariah. Well, I don't know Mariah, but I'm sure she's a decent person. I think she is. And not a garbage person. No, I think I think which, she's a is, I think she's more than a decent my person. Favorite insult, garbage my person. Favorite insult people use. They're a garbage person. Well, I now all I can think of is some fifty foot tall monstrosity growing out of my trash can, walking around, posting comments on the internet. That's that's all I can think of now. Garbage people. <laughs> garbage people inhabit the internet. They live there. I see. I think garbage person uh, as the trash heap from Fraggle Rock. Do you have any idea what I'm, what I just said? Do those I, words make any I sense to you? Okay, well, I think we just derailed that whole promo for Medium Talk because we're just here having our small talk about but dumb see, shit. But see, that gets, but but see, that gets people paying to attention it? to it more. Yeah. No, it gets no? people listening to it more because they're like, what is this? And now they're going to... They're going to turn to their friends and say, what is, what was that? And then, and then now they're talking, that's how you generate buzz. Buzz. We, we're generating uh, buzz right now for Medium Talk. And, I mean, I'm just going to keep saying the name s- of the show, Medium Talk with Keith and Mariah. And I think also Synergy. Synergy. We're, synergy. We're, we're synergizing here. Yes? We, I don't, we, I don't, you know, I don't uh, know. Bottom line, short version, they are starting a podcast called Medium Talk and... You guys should listen to it. Introduce us, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and thank you for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Natalie. Hi. Hey. I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we introduce ourselves after we've already rambled at the people, so... I feel like I've already said hello just by way of we should, being present. We should write a strongly worded letter to, to ourselves. Somebody. To ourselves. Just to ourselves. What the fuck are you two doing? And why have you been doing it for seventy episodes? I don't, I don't, I don't know that I want to reflect on myself that much. I don't at this either. Point. I don't either. So I think we just, I think we just keep plugging along, and and that's it. This train keeps rolling. For and speaking some of reason. rolling, yeah. How about you tell us about our God of the Week? Okay, so I went the other day to my favorite god resource website godchecker.com and there's always a deity of the day on the website so i go on and i see the words protector of sperm and i think to myself god checker knew i was coming today and so i had to go with their (laughs) 
I fuck me. Those I shouldn't phrasing. I don't do <laughs> phrasing. I am a walking church sign. Don't. I don't do phrasing. Um, so I had to go with their god of the day because protector of sperm. So this one we've got um, this because that's how internalized the patriarchy is to you. Oh dear fucking god um so we so we're going with the <laughs> we're going with the slavic mother earth goddess um whose name which i'm i don't really know how to pronounce um mati syra zemila i don't know it doesn't matter or I'm, according I just according to wikipedia the short version is matt Zim, zimla okay matt zimla so m-a-t-z-e-m-l-a all that oh, matters to me, though, is that the name translates to <laughs> Mother of the Moist Earth. So we've got one of my least favorite words just popped right in there because we're just going moist. Um, she, <laughs> I, You ever just That's talk and you just hate yourself? Like, I, I'm hating myself every every second that goes by. I mean, I'm, I'm like turning red in my basement right now. So, So she's credited with bearing a son who became a major hero god. But... This is the only child that I know of because, you know, I obviously read her whole biography. You'd think that she would have had more kids being so moist and fertile and stuff, but, you know, whatever. Um, so she can manage. Where's, where's the moisture coming from, though? From, Do we know? It's just the moist earth. It's just, it's all moist and it's. <laughs> just damp it's, ground? It's, like what's, like I go outside and. Damp. Yeah. So she can, <laughs> so she can manifest herself as a hole in the ground. And she likes to be fed. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 okay, sorry. I'm, no, just I'm get, it, it together, get it together, Broadway. Okay. Broadway. Yes. Get it together. Yes. So I no, like I. So she no. she's goddess of the of the damp moist ground <laughs> and can manifest herself as a hole as in the ground. Hole. Continue. Oh, oh my goodness! This is, this is how planets are born. They're so not born of dead stars. They're born or, of holes or nova or holes. They're born she of is holes a hole. in the ground. So she just a bored dude lost in the woods, lonely. And so she likes to be fed beer, wine, and bread because who doesn't (laughs) like beer, wine, and bread? And then the other thing, her job is is protecting sperm. And I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't want to know what that looks like, but it seems like a messy job. And I guess it's better that she does it than anybody else. I I have a question. Go go for it. Give me me with a question. Could it... Why couldn't it, if she's protecting it, is it, now are we talking like she has to actively defend it? Or (sighs) gentlemen come by, deposit their sperm into little containers, and then said container, it goes into some sort of filing system she has rigged up in her basement. is she the sperm container? Like, she's a... I don't... Really, really Women are not objects, and they are not... Respect women, Natalie. Really terrible phrases are going through my mind, and I hate myself more, so... (laughs) I'm I'm really really sorry for this one, but I had to click on it. I mean, God Checker clickbaited me that day on Saturday when I'm looking, and the sperm protector goddess. That's that's who we've got, and and I feel like I need to apologize to to Jenny and to Jr. whose interviews are in this episode that that you you get led into by by the sperm dumpster goddess. Goddess let it and, let it be known that you you always you always make that, those decisions. That's your that's your doing, not me. It, no, this this is my doing. I I accept all blame <laughs> and thanks and all of it. So um, on that note, there's nowhere else to go but to a commercial. 
Tonight, we are thrilled to welcome Jenny Splitter to the Science Enthusiast podcast. Jenny writes about parenting, science, health, and food for Slate, Salon, Parents, Refinery29, and other outlets, and is featured in the upcoming documentary, Science Moms, which I know nothing about. (laughs) So, Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, we always start with people's, like, kind of science or atheist or skeptic, like, origin stories, and I was thinking about it before we started recording, like, you're a big part of why I'm kind of doing all of this because science moms, like you're the first person I talked to about the documentary. Like I was a fan of your writing. I'm your origin story. You are, you're my origin story. And I was a fan of you before I even like got into this whole, like making a movie and online psychom skepticism stuff and podcasting. So you are, whatever the hell it is that we're doing whatever like i don't know what we're doing so i don't even know how to label it we're doing a thing and i'm doing a thing with you because i follow jenny on twitter so and then remember i said get back on facebook (laughs) and you did and i did and this is like jenny is jenny is why this is all happening so we are really glad to have you on the show so and i want a cut of all your profits We okay. have zero. <laughs> yeah, we, no. we have nothing. It's actually going to come. It's going to look like a bill, and that's because it is. It is. We are completely unpaid shills. Like we get just fuck all for doing this. So um, let's talk about you. So you, I think, have an interesting like origin story, going from you know maybe a little bit more of a like crunchy Whole Foods mom to where you are today. Yeah, I, I was living in San Francisco um, and when I first became pregnant, and I was, um, I guess, you know, you're a tip. But I, was, I was really like a foodie and kind of, I, I just was, I'm not that I'm sure that I was like such a hippie or anything, but I think just because some of the stuff, that's how my parents did it. Like I was born in Berkeley, California, so uh, not that there was like a home birth or anything, but like... <laughs> You know, just some of that stuff. So so I just kind of assumed, you know, a lot of the natural approaches were like the way you're supposed to do it. And then um, I ended up having a C-section and I had preeclampsia and pretty much like a lot of the things that could go wrong went wrong. And um, I mean, everything ended up fine. And my son is now a teenager, so blah. he's he's healthy and everything. But um when I went to have, when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, years later, I, um, had this whole thing, like I'm going to have a V back. And I kind of went like super crunchy all over again. I was like really obsessed with it. And, um, and then I did, I did have my V back everybody. So. Oh, you <laughs> did. Okay. Good job. Did you get a trophy? Yes. In the, and then, yeah. The gold medal Olympics of birth. <laughs> I mean, you know, not a home birth feedback, so not not quite the the championship level, but but you win something. You, yeah. you I don't yeah, know what that is, and I'm totally okay. Oh, with oh, that. Tell, oh, so so tell Dan and the I, audience I, what I, that is. I do not consent. <laughs> you don't know what a feedback is. I don't is? want to know. I I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Like I said before we started recording, like the like women's like that area, like Parts. I can't even say it because I just get uncomfortable. But vagina. I Vagina. Like, <laughs> talk about vaginas. vagina vaginal birth after c-section broadband <laughs> yes oh okay I okay 
he's shifted in his chair like he's like we're just we're we're getting into vaginas way too soon in this conversation and we know that's where well, we're going. uterus i feel like if you're t- okay, well, true. I guess v- yeah, vaginal birth vaginal, vaginal though all right so for the you, record i have no problem saying that. vagina just just in case we were no. <laughs> yeah it was like we got off the like two minutes in we <laughs> I was reading, like, I was prepping for that. I went, I went, I was reading, like, Ina Mae Gaskin, who's, like, this has this, like, childbirth guide. And, it, like, I went super hippie for a while. But then afterwards, um, well, actually, <laughs> kind of in the middle of it, I was like, you know, I would like some drugs, actually. <laughs> and so that was kind of, like, the, the, the turning point. And I'd already started to, I had just started to read Dr. Amy's blog, The Skeptical OB at that point. Um, cause friends of mine had, had shared it with me. And so that was like where I kind of found skeptical bloggers and, and the whole, that was kind of my, she was my gateway drug. <laughs> she's, she's my origin story. She's a, she she's is a right yeah. the show too. Yeah. She, we've had her on before. She's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so, and I, I think she, you know, she's also, she's also married to a lawyer and I swear, I think she kind of lays out her arguments like a lawyer and because I'm a recovering lawyer I think that's part of why I really liked her like she just kind of the argument in that way and it just kind of made it really simple for me um and then I didn't get into like the food stuff a lot until a lot later um well not a lot later but you know somewhat later so the first thing was just like rethinking all my ideas about birth and breastfeeding and stuff like that um, and then I started blogging at Grounded Parents because of Dr. Amy. Like she posted something um, that the folks at Skeptic were looking for bloggers. So that's how I started blogging there. Um, and then I think I started looking into the whole GMO thing because my daughter has food allergies, which I obviously gave her from feeding her GMOs. Of course. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, and there's, I just kept, I wasn't even really focused on it. Um, but then I kept seeing, you know, pe- I kept seeing this myth that like food allergies cause GMOs. So I just decided to look into it more. And then that's kind of how I started just falling to this whole rabbit hole of like agriculture and, you know, or- organic versus conventional. And I write about it a lot. It's weird that I ended up get- becoming so fascinated with it. But um, I-, I think just because I was not necessarily like this, like so pro organic, but I think just in the Bay in California, in the Bay area, like, you know, it's, it was, there's tons of, you know, foodies there and organic is just part of that trend. Like it was just becoming a big trend kind of at the time when I was living there. And so I think I just assumed so many things about food, like you do, um, just because there's, it's just so emotional and, um, you know, I, I don't know, but I never really bothered to check a lot of that stuff <laughs> until only like, you know, it's just a few years ago. It's not even that, that long. So it's, it's kind of strange how it all happened. Well, as far as like the whole myth with GMOs and organic food being better and can, you know, change like a child's health and all that stuff. Like you and I went to, um, a march against it was was it March against Monsanto or Moms Across America or a little bit of both? Yeah, it was um, the food, food, <laughs> justice food justice march, march um, in DC. Like that was like well, it's going on two years ago, um, and we got to witness um, a mom actually 
yelling that she cured her child's food allergies. Was it food yeah. allergies or some other kinds of problems with like an organic diet because she did personal research? Yeah. I think she said she had weird ways of like health illness, like, or something. And she was like, which, she was like, which illnesses do you represent or something? Which is really weird. <laughs> we're like, well, we're not here representing right. like illness. <laughs> like, I choose yeah. measles. <laughs> like, I know, like everybody just like picks one out of a hat. Like <laughs> I'm chicken pox. Like, what are we doing today? But she was really insistent and really yeah. believed that she did something and that we were essentially like, I don't know, were we putting our children in harm's way because being sort of pro-biotech? Like, it's a weird culture. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like at first that it was going to be a conversation, although, I don't know, we were sort of separated by these barriers who were kind of like had to yell across <laughs> to each other, but it ended with her just saying, you are poisoning your kids, and then I got really mad, which is weird because I'm just, not that I never get mad, but I'm just... Like, uh, like, I'm just not one of those people who get fired up that easily. And I was just like, ma'am, like I was like spitting. You said ma'am. Yes, it was, you ma'amed her. Yeah. I don't even know why I said the words I said. It was, it was really like something just came over me. And it's on video and anyone who watches the Science Moms documentary will get to witness this exchange, which was just amazing that it was caught on tape. But that seems to be the like, there's just so much misinformation around this stuff. And that's why I was so happy to like see you writing about it and see other people like writing about it from a, like from a parent's perspective. I mean, that was the like moms for GMOs stuff, right? Yeah. That, I mean, definitely Coven was writing about it first. And I mean, when she, I remember when she started writing about it, I was sort of like, what is this exactly? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, yeah interesting that we for that letter sort of came together a lot of us as you know as moms as parents but all to sort of different kind of slightly different perspectives which you captured like captured so well in the in the movie which is amazing but um yeah it, it, I think it, everyone is so personal about it and as moms I don't know every, there's so many people like zen honeycut and stuff who think they can <laughs> cure autism and allergies you know with organic like they they're kind of empower motherhood empowers them to, I don't know, heal, heal all these people. But um, we just kind of wanted to be, you know, a counterbalance to that. It's kind of a lot of pressure to heal autism. I think. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a big undertaking yeah. and well, and yeah, and it was sort of this, um, you know, what you and these other women have done is provide sort of a, a counter voice sort of than the, the fear-based narrative that's kind of surrounding issues of food and health when we live in in a you know pretty safe world for the most part when you think of like fear and risk and all of that kind of stuff and so your this moms for gmo sort of campaign and letter helped capture a different story which was which was inspiring obviously to to me to be like let's let's get these ladies on on camera and, you know, tell that kind of story. So do you want to like talk about like what that's been like, kind of your relationship with these other women and, you know, as we've kind of been working on making this film that will be out in the fall? I just, it's amazing when I, when I look at the, look the 
raw cut or whatever you technical people call it. Um, it's like, wow, like you, we all have such different personalities and you, you just captured it really well. Cause I feel like um, Layla is just this like completely chill person yeah. and she seems so chill like you know when she's talking about food and and you know like oh I weirdly like I gave my kid homeopathy but I she could have just given him sugar water you know she's just like completely <laughs> relaxed whereas you I'm this complete neurotic freak about everything so and I'm talking about that and like you know there's a part where I'm talking about going on the airplane even though logically I know you know my daughter has peanut allergy I've like wiped everything down but I might but a lot, like the irrational part of my brain is just like, oh my God, there's flying peanut particles in the air. It's everywhere. Like I'm like having a panic attack in the airplane, even though I know better. It's just like, it's just, we all have these different personalities and different kind of ways. I'm slightly different ways we approach parenting, but I mean, that's kind of the idea is that actually, you know, no matter what's going on with you, you know, the, you can kind of use facts as a way to not make yourself crazy, hopefully. Um, and you know, and just make your life a little easier. That should be the idea. It actually doesn't have to be as complicated as some people want to make it. Well, and so obviously, like all of us are parents here and like, what are the, cause pe I feel like people worry about everything when it comes to their kids, like f not just like food and health stuff, but it's like, e like every single thing there's people like find a reason to worry about it. Like what, what do parents like? What do you guys think parents actually need to be, you know, most concerned about? Or like, what advice would bears. you give to somebody who's bears? Okay, clearly, like a, like a new parent who's just like they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Bears. Just bears. <laughs> Dan, Dan Broadman goes just with bears. bears. Like you, That's you're it. you have stuffed teddy bears like all over the place. You get comfortable with it. You think they're cuddly and cute, and then it's like no. Uh, you're out in the national they, park and you're fucked. <laughs> That's it. I'm That's like so not. Good. I'm not laughing. Like I wasn't a joke. <laughs> we're right. not. We're not I laughing face, either. I'm like very serious. <laughs> I think. I think just people in general, though, once they they're like in. The, I feel like we say this all the time. People are just just want to do the right thing, and there's so much misinformation available and especially like the internet is amazing but it's also fucking horrible because all that information like if you know how to manipulate uh google search result uh or or even like if you don't know how to search for something on google you could if you just type in gmos like the, i'm sure like more more the, the vast majority of it's going to be well they're going to kill you and your deck's going to fly off and yeah okay well i see a lot of people saying this so that means it has to be true right it's funny because I think it's mostly new parents who are really obsessing on food and, you know, toxins and stuff like oh, yeah. that. But I feel like the funny thing is, I mean, of course I was that stressed out too, but I'm like, just wait until they hit middle school. That's when you should really be panicking. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the funny thing is they're, I don't know. I mean, when they're little, they're not, there's not that much going on. <laughs> you can it's take like, it easy. Keeping them like, you know, alive, fed, you know, like <laughs> right. alive, like, you know, they, they sleep, they eat, 
Yeah. You know, they're Read like every once in a while. It's good. <laughs> like ha- have conversations, you know, keep them like help them be like just relatively happy people. But sometimes they cry and sometimes they irrationally get pissed off about like, I don't know, not having the exact right Lego piece. But um, I get that. pissed <laughs> you, off. Right. I mean, I like I get that, too. I, I understand. But yeah. But see, like, also, I, that's, that's what, what I'm planning on doing after we're done here. Like, so, oh, yeah, Lego set. <laughs> awesome. See, like, yeah, once a kid, always a kid. And Legos are for like, you know, everybody. <laughs> it says 14 and up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So up. There you go. There's you're no like, limit. I'm 33. Like you're, you're the lower, lower limit, maybe sort of halfway there. <laughs> but yeah. So like, so this is why though, I think it's, it's really good. Like you say, you know, cause obviously the internet is just a, you know, disgusting cesspool of misinformation but then i think that's why it's also important that there's like all these other voices yeah just like chill a little bit on some of this some of the stuff that is out like being put out there by you know like crazy conspiracy like march against monsanto type of groups and you know you don't have to listen to the like ewgs like dirty dozen like just give your kids fruits and vegetables wash them feed them yeah, like make sure they're in a car seat, you know, and yes. you feed them. Uh, and, you know, you don't, I mean, the amount of like time and stress and energy I spent on breastfeeding is just like amazing. <laughs> Give it, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just moms feel so guilty about so many things. And mm-hmm. it's just, I just feel like, oh God, I wasted so much, you know, energy on that. And, um, I mean, I mean, luckily, I think there's so, like you said, there's so many voices now uh, that are reasonable, and um, like the Fed is best movement uh, mm-hmm. is been great, uh, and to to put out you know an alternative to really challenge what's been kind of the conventionalism on breastfeeding for so long. So mm-hmm. I, I, I hardly I hardly ever write about it because I think people are insane about breastfeeding, and I just. I, weirdly, I can handle people freaking out about GMOs, but breastfeeding, I'm like, oh God, no, I just can't. It, it just seems to always go to a... a oh, it, go, it goes to a place. Really quickly. <laughs> it, like, re, like, it's zero to 60 in like one comment. It just it is the kind yeah. of thing that, that can explode. But, but yes, that's why like Fed is Best is a... I think it's a great movement just because it, it is. It's just a, it's a shift in in the narrative and, you know, the stress that some, that new moms face around breastfeeding issues sometimes is just like, I mean, I've seen people go through it and it's really, it really sucks just watching a mom who just had a child, like feel that way, like insecure about her ability. Yeah. I went to this, when I had my daughter, I went to one of those, you know, new moms kind of meetup groups. And I remember this mom there who was like, well, I'm mostly breastfeeding, but I'm feeding my daughter one bottle a day. And I don't know what to do. Do you have any advice? And I said, well, you could just be okay with that. Sounds good. (laughs) And she's like, well, can I? (laughs) Yeah. Like she could not let herself, like she was really working hard just to let herself be okay with feeding her child. Her child was perfectly well fed. But that's, that's what it is. It's like people think that they're either doing something wrong or not doing it like well enough. Yeah. And so that's why just saying like, 
you know, is your child eating? Is your child growing? Is your child, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like if the answer is yes, then move it along. And like, we can all agree that that's probably the best thing if children are healthy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And vaccinate, yeah. get a flu shot. Oh, that stuff too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like these are, these are the things like, let's, let's, you know, when it comes to things to worry about or whatever, well, I mean, it shouldn't be that much of a worry. Just like take your child to the checkups and right. get the vaccines on time and do your thing. Yes. If only Monsanto wasn't trying to poison us. <laughs> right. Oh, and speaking of Monsanto, we have a question from one of our friends that works um, for Monsanto, Cami Ryan. Um, so I have she, never heard of her. Oh, well, <laughs> and I've definitely I, never been in a room with her. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, she's she, definitely never given me money for. Stickers she's, she's she's definitely not somebody that I like met in St. Louis um, a couple months ago. No, okay. no. So so this person, this you know shadowy figure from Monsanto that goes by the <laughs> name of Cami Ryan. Um, she wants to know about your like evolving relationship with Whole Foods. You know, you recently wrote a little bit about Whole Foods and like Yeah. You know. It I think because my son is a teenager now, I was thinking about when I first had him. And weirdly I do have all these like almost um I don't know these these almost like you know daydream like uh, memories of you know like of walking through Whole Foods and how wonderful it was and like I kind of idealized San Francisco because I, I, I miss the west coast I'm in DC now and I think that was kind of got the idea for writing this article that just and also a new Whole Foods opened in my neighborhood and it's actually the closest grocery store right now it's in walking distance and so I have been in and I was thinking about the ways it's changed and how the non-gmo you know, label, non-GMO uh, butterfly labels everywhere in Whole Foods. And um, just, I, I just, I want to go back to where we used to be Whole Foods. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it was just like fresh produce and so much produce. And it was just this great shopping experience if you love food. But Oh, I, I agree. Like It still the, kind of is in some yeah. ways. But they've also kind of ruined it because there's 8 million labels on everything. And you know, the, even the, the produce section is not even that that big. Let's say it's safe, so that means we should label it. <laughs> it's just like See? so much packaged food. Not that there's anything wrong with you know packaged food, but it's just you know miles and miles of that stuff with umpteen million labels about gluten free and GMO free and um, you know toxin free, <laughs> clean, chemical free. chemical free. It's just like. It's, I think actually I was Coven's most recent article was like, it's ruining my shopping experience. <laughs> well, yeah, like non-GMO project label. It really yeah. is. It's on everything. Yeah. I'm so like all over salt and kitty litter. And I mean, you know, my friend, the chips that I love, it's like, come on guys. <laughs> well, well, we just had Mary Mangan on the other note. Meb Somerville on Twitter. Um, we were and we talked about Cape Cod potato chips because like oh, right. yeah. non-GMO project just has they're just like ruining good stuff. And like Yeah. Yeah. And Consumer Reports, I think it was Consumer Reports had this gave them some like most meaningful award or something, which is so bizarre because they're the exact opposite of meaningful. <laughs> it's not, it makes it no means, sense. 
Well, Consumer Reports has its own issues. Yes, 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 it does. Along those lines, too. Yeah. Man, I would, I'd like Whole Foods to listen to you and just be like, let's have a nice relationship because they're like the seafood, the meat department, the cheese. Like, when I remember the first time I went to a Whole Foods, it's just like, holy shit, this place is beautiful. And I didn't, I didn't know as much as I know now. And ignorance was bliss, I guess, because God damn it. I haven't, I haven't been in a whole foods in like, well, we're we're talking about so many things that like, we're talking about like vaginal births, which I have no experience with. We're talking about going into whole foods. I've never been to whole foods. Uh, Like what else? (laughs) Well, I mean, we, we are, we're going (laughs) to get to, we're going to get to, well, I hope that nobody here has experienced like, what I want to talk about next, which is like shoving weird stuff in vaginas. So Dan, I mean, I, like raise uh, your hand if you say uh, <laughs> was, I thought you were about to go the Dan Robbins story. And I was, well, <laughs> oh God, that's a whole, that's, that's like a, not a, even an episode of this podcast. podcast. That's a whole other different podcast. podcast. So, so yeah. Um, since, since you're talking about things that you haven't experienced, Dan, and I've not experienced and Jenny, I hope you've never experienced like word on the street is that people want to shove like a wasp's nest in their vagina. Yeah. And now we need to tell people not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The articles are so funny. It's like, it's like as as if this had to be said, but (laughs) please don't do this. You and have what, bodily like, autonomy, but you know, but like don't. don't. <laughs> but what's because what is what's the reason? Like, what is it supposed to do? Like, do you guys know what it's supposed to do? <sighs> so, like, I guess. Uh, well, so I guess this this Etsy seller that um, I think the first article that kind of maybe caught attention was Jen Dr. Jen Gunter's uh, article where she mentions this Etsy seller who is recommending it to tighten your vagina. And I forgot what the other part was. Make it, uh, I don't know. It's, but basically, I think originally, this is, the, like the idea was that it had some antimicrobial or something. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Just, don't quote me on that podcast, but um, the <laughs> properties or something. And so that was like the, the old wisdom on it. But um, yeah, but so the new idea is that it could it will just make sex so much better. But actually, it could it will sting and burn and possibly give you an infection. So, so don't do it. So, we'll, so don't. <laughs> not make sex better. I mean, I'm unless saying. that's what you're unless that's what <laughs> you're that's into. Like you which, <laughs> that's, a, that's I don't want to do, I don't want to kink shame people. Like that's. <laughs> I was trying so hard to go there, but (laughs) the harder you try, that's where you end up. But, but like, okay, so so it's it's ridiculous, and it seems like it's parody, but it's not. And it's like, why, like, why are we at this point where like people people will like listen to Gwyneth Paltrow about like jade eggs in their vag and like that kind of stuff, like. Why do people take the word of these sort of wellness gurus, celebrities, whatever, about like what to do with their bodies or what to put in their bodies? 
I I don't know. I mean, especially say, when, if you know the answer, then you win. You win right, exactly. I win some money, maybe. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow. Actually, we were we were both pregnant at the same time. So there was a time when I used to really <laughs> love Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, but you know, she's got to make some money, and uh, hence Goop. Goop was born, and so. I don't know. A lot of people want to be want to want her lifestyle, but you can. I have no. I, I don't know how anybody goes down this path. It's very strange. I think with the whole sort of, I think that DIY and vaginas are intersecting in a way that's not good. <laughs> it, it's a bad time for DIY and vaginas because. <laughs> Those two things, just like Etsy or somebody on Etsy selling the like crocheted reusable tampons. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a real thing. Like yeah. that's not a joke. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a weird time. Like, but I guess Dan, it's like what you said about the internet, though. It's it can be a place where people can you know, you know, meeting of the minds and like exchange ideas and all of that. But then. A lot of those ideas are fucking crazy. Like, well, it's because people, people deep down, I think most are fucking crazy. It's just some of us are better at hiding it than, than others. Or at least we have, we have processes in our brain that, that where your brain goes, hey, stupid, don't do that. And then the other people sell reusable crochet tampons on Etsy. <laughs> then, or or they, those are the people that go, oh, somebody, somebody's not going to say, hey, stupid, don't buy this. Weirdly, yeah. when I was looking for, uh, was looking at Dr. Jen's article, this ad that has popped up a few times before, which I think is for, I'm not, I shouldn't give them any <laughs> free business. Not that anyone listening to this would be like, I'm going to go out and buy this toxin-free condom uh, seller, but it's bit like sustain or something. It's like, don't put toxins in your vagina. Like everybody's very concerned with keeping <laughs> your vagina like clean and pure. Like it's this weird kind of, I think like in a way almost like to kind of obsession with, you know, with your vagina. It's yeah. Well, and I, again, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, but um, <laughs> I don't know that I can finish this. Um, <laughs> yeah. where, where do you even go with any of this? Like Dr. Jen Gunter for, has yeah. had like a lot to write about lately, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, she really like she's been laying the smack down on a lot of these ridiculous like celebrities. I mean, she like like the Gwyneth Paltrow stuff like that she's written has been fantastic. It's like it's I don't know. It's just it's just cool to see the, you know, doctors and scientists just like speaking out, being a little snarky, you know, like and yeah, just giving all of us something to kind of read and laugh at, but also like I don't know, maybe that will resonate with somebody somewhere, like that they shouldn't do these weird things. I think what also especially has always, she's one of those, you know, celeb moms who's always wanted to kind of use that and kind of, you know, act like she's speaking for moms and speaking for women. So it's really nice to see Jen, like actual female doctor, actually women doctors and, you know, women scientists 
kind of providing a, a, an alternative voice to Gwyneth Paltrow. Somebody has <laughs> many, many alternative voices. So as like, so yeah, she's totally like covered a lot of the like ridiculous, like health stuff lately. Like what are some, like, do you have some topics that you'd love to write about like in particular or any, like if like, do you have a celebrity that you would just love to sort of debunk like their weird claims or? Um, I don't know. I think it's, um, well, I guess one that drives me especially nuts is my Bialik, however you say your name. Yes, Blossom. Not that I'm not Jewish and should probably know <laughs> how to pronounce it, but uh, pronounce her name. But yeah, it's just, it's especially irritating because she has a, a science degree. So a lot of people think, and yeah, people think, you know, because she's on Big Bang Theory that she she's she's that person. And well, she's she, a show about science. So that means right. we all have to know. Something yeah. about science, right? Yeah, but she has a lot of really. Well, for, she has a lot of you know views on you know she's she's sort of walked back the anti-vaccine a little bit, but she's still she's she's not fully you know pat you know she's still kind of anti-vaccine. I don't know exactly. She sort of had this weird statement that that she tried to you know kind of undo the damage because I think a lot of people really had a problem with that statement as they should. But her her book where she had all that stuff, but she still has all kinds of views that aren't supported by evidence. And, you know, she has this whole book on parenting that is just basically her preferences and a lot of kind of really old fashioned religious stuff that is just that's her choice. But, you know, it's not science based and there's no reason for anyone to necessarily follow it. So and she has she just gets such a big platform sometimes that that sort of drives me crazy. So I wasn't thinking of writing about her, but maybe I should. One Jew to another. Ooh, you see, you can cut, you can like find a little bit of common ground, but also like, but nope. So, okay. So, well, just because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, religion a lot on this show and stuff and, you know, just, do you? We we do. We we do. We once in a while. Every every once in a while we we get well, we do have that Ken Ham intro now that says we're just a couple of atheists, the science podcast run by a couple of atheists. Um yeah. So I so I'm just like curious about your thoughts as uh as a parent. Do you like do you consider yourself a like what I don't even I don't know the terms, so like is it like a secular Jew? I I is mean, it? I usually say, I don't know. I actually, it's, it's complicated. I say I'm, I say <laughs> atheist Jew sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in God, so I'm not a believer. Um, but I'm raising my kids Jewish. I mean, I think with a lot of, and my sister has the same point of view. So I know mm-hmm. there's at least more than one person that agrees <laughs> with me, but uh, or one person. <laughs> but like, you know, you, if you're kind of a, a Jew like me, you raise your kids Jewish, but just assume they're going to figure out it's, you know, not really true. And they yeah. just go about their way. And that's usually how it works out. That's how it worked yeah. out for me. So yeah, that's how it goes being an atheist Jew, except there's a lot of, you know, atheists who, who are Jewish, who just rejected the, you know, Judaism entirely and don't agree with me. But for me, I grew up in a small town and 
it, I was one of not many Jews. And so it was kind of a, I mean, it still is a big part of my identity. I love the cultural aspects of being Jewish. Um, I love a lot of the observances and the holidays. And it's just still kind of a lot of, a big part of my community is connecting with other Jews. It's just been a part of my life. And it was a big part of my identity growing up. I mean, weirdly, I think what a lot of, you know, if you were like an atheist kid and you had issues with, you know, cr Christianity in schools, I had kind of those same issues, except I was Jewish. I was like this weird kid being like, I think that actually violates the first amendment. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, 10 like, or something. Like, like, I know where I'm going in life. <laughs> yeah. I was so annoying. Like this yeah. poor, you know, just school employees. Like I just wanted to put up like a Christmas tree. God, like, <laughs> But he was Jenny, just like crushing dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, but that so it's like a part of your like background, like cultural, like identity, like that kind of stuff. Yes. And like, yeah, and then and then your kids get that experience too. And then like, we'll fit like I also have think the, like freedom to figure stuff out. Some stuff out on their own. My yeah. daughter has been asking me a lot lately, so because I always. Well, jokingly say like I know everything and then you know I'm mom I know everything and she'll yeah. say well do you know if God is real and I never answer I'm just like yeah. well, what do you think she's like oh why can't you just tell me <laughs> my kids will I guess eventually have Santa Claus is like the thing that's like that maybe will be like oh I should be more skeptical because yeah I do I do Santa that's I probably, that's... I think, part of why, I, maybe it's why a lot of Jewish kids ask questions because they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> something's up here. All my friends get a visit from somebody and I don't. What's going on? It's like, what? So like questioning. So like natural skepticism from an early age. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Both yeah. of my kids have asked lots of questions and I kind of just let them keep going and, yeah. you know, and answer as they get older or, but a lot of times they just figure it out. It's not, you know, really that complicated, but also I live in DC and there's plenty of atheists around. So it's not like they're getting some like hardcore Christianity at school or something. So that does make it kind of easy. I mean, my kids, my gosh, have it so much easier than when I grew up where all my friends went away to like religious, like super fundamentals Christian camp one summer mm -hmm. and came back and just informed me I was going to hell. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not all my friends, but it's a significant portion. It was, it was not fun. So enough to remember. Yes, yes. Just when you're, you know, becoming a teenager and still trying to figure out identity, and all of a sudden everyone's like, actually, <laughs> part See, of your I, identity I just, is that you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just never had any of that experience, like in school or anything like that. I, I didn't grow up in like a large town, but it wasn't. I, I guess it also wasn't a small town. But I just never had that experience. I didn't think like people actually had that struggle where they felt like they couldn't just be honest. I never, never felt that. So that's that that whole every time I hear that from somebody or, you know, they are talked about their experience, uh, you know, either here on the show or or somewhere else. It's just always it just blows my mind that that people have to live in or kind of forced into living like that. Yeah, I mean. It's just, I don't know, in that town there were, and it's in, it's in California and in Santa Cruz where a small, a more conservative town in, within Santa Cruz. But you would think, I mean, I don't know, it, it, you would be surprised that there's also plenty of like fundamentalist Christians and just a lot of, pre I think we're already feeling pressure to fit in. It's just, it's just, you know, kind of, it's not, it's not <laughs> a fun way to experience your teenage years. <laughs> 
Well, and I think that that's where like now, like today, I mean, I know like Dan gets lots of messages like to his page of people saying like, thanks for doing what you do or whatever. Just like any, I think anyone who kind of has a voice on the internet to say, you know, say like, you know, if you're, if you're in a place where like, you know, people don't all align with your beliefs or lack of or whatever, it's like, it gives a place for like common ground and people to, to, you know, find like-minded voices, even if it is, even if it's not just the stuff like, um, like religion, but like even the parenting stuff that, I mean, that we do. And that, I mean, Dan touches on too, that it's like, yeah, giving people a place to find people that are kind of like them, even at a distance, which, because it can be tough sometimes to like, for whatever the belief or way of life is. Right. No, it's, I think that's huge. I mean, uh, I think both, um, yeah, when I was growing up and when I first became a mom, I mean, there were internet groups, but well, I was on like the mothering dot com commune, excuse me, um, (laughs) online groups, which was, that was just bad. So, I mean, if I, I think, had an alternative. I mean, I really for a long time just figured, oh, well, I guess they must know what they're talking about because there wasn't anything else yeah. other than my doctor, who I obviously shouldn't trust. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had had, yeah, like a, a another point of view, another, you know, more information, I think it would have been so much, it would have been so much better. It would have taken me years to kind of figure out that a lot of what they were saying was bullshit. <laughs> so to like, wrap up like where can people find your stuff on the internet like if they you know listen and want to make sure that they follow you and you know your evidence-based approach to parenting and your awesome snarky tone that you bring to like everything like pop culture too and yeah where can they find you um well I'm, I'm freelance writing now so I'm in different places but I'm active on Twitter I love Twitter and I'm on Facebook now it's I think the actual address is Science Snark or just Jenny Splitter Writer. Um, I'm just Jenny Splitter on on Twitter. And we'll link to all of this in our show notes and everything and people will follow you. And yeah, so we're really glad you got to come on and do the show with us tonight. Thank you. That was so fun. So today, instead of talking about why we love the internet, we are going to have an interview with J.R. Becker, the creator and author of the Annabelle and Aiden book series. J.R. holds a BA in philosophy and a JD from Emory University School of Law. When he's not practicing entertainment law, playing drums, or enjoying the great outdoors, J.R. enjoys all the science and philosophy books and podcasts he can, pondering the bigger questions and dreaming up ideas for future children's stories. And I do have a suggestion for a podcast for you to listen to. If you haven't, um, Embrace the Void. Have you heard that one? What's it called? Embrace the Void. It's a philosophy podcast. Yeah, yeah. So add that to your list and, um, you know, listen to ours every once in a while if you feel like it, but (laughs) so welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And so is entertainment law, is that like you're on a TV show and and, and you're doing law or like you, like, 
how do, how does that work? So you know, it's yeah. I mean, I, I I'm a musician as well. I play drums. I play guitar, and I realized I wasn't going to be the next uh, Bruce Springsteen. So <laughs> I decided to sell out and go to law school just to be around music and musicians. And um, out of law school, I worked for a a label in in Midtown Manhattan for a year. And then I left and started my own firm. And um, about 11 months ago, I actually got hired by a firm that does prisoners' rights with inmates mm -hmm. at Rikers Island. Oh, so wow. I'm doing that as well. And then I'm doing the entertainment law thing at night, part-time sometimes. And then I'm doing the Annabelle and Aiden books also. Right. You're so, like, because you weren't busy enough, you think, Let, exactly. let's, write, say, let's then, write a children's book series. Point, yeah, at some point you <laughs> sleep and eat and have a life. Exactly. Yeah, no, of course I shouldn't have a life. Um, but entertainment law was doing a lot of con, you know, a lot of it's boring contracts and royalty streams and streaming and, uh, you know, just all kinds of boring stuff. But a lot of it was, uh, you know, copyright infringement, listening to different pieces of music and comparing them. So some of it was interesting, but uh, the Annabelle and Eden books is what really kind of turned me on. So, uh, that's, uh yeah, so I guess so let's let's talk about the books. Can you give us a little overview of what the Annabelle and Aiden book series is like? There's th are there three of them at this point? Three books in the series? Yeah. So there are. Yeah, the third one is like coming out like now. Like every few hours, I'm like checking Amazon to see <laughs> if it's on Amazon. Yet. But um, yeah, the third one, I do have a copy of it in my in my house, and the colors were, you know okay but not perfect i'm trying to make it a little better so i you know when you know this is a normal thing at the beginning of a book i went back to my illustrator she tweaked the photoshop settings a little and we put in for another proof which will be here in about a week so but yeah it's happening it'll be out in a few weeks and i'm really really excited about it but uh but we have two books out the first one is about evolution in short and the second one is about critical thinking <clears throat> awesome and and I know, like I've I've had a lot of people because I run um, the Science Moms Facebook page and the Skeptical Parenting Facebook page, and I've had a number of people just send me messages. Hey, have you seen this book series? Have you heard about this? Because it seems like this this is something people are craving when it comes to looking for books for their children, like things that you know give science and critical thinking to kids. Yeah, yeah, and, it's an underrepresented market. I mean, I don't. You know, there are a few books on evolution, maybe three or four. And then I haven't really found any children's books on, just really on skepticism and critical thinking. I think my mine might be the first. I mean, there might be one or two out there, but it's hard to find. And so what was your inspiration to say, I, I want to write children's books? Okay, so you want the, the semi-long story or yeah, you, the, can give, you can give okay. the semi-long story we, we've got some time go we've for it yeah i mean so i grew up in an orthodox jewish home and i was mm. taught you know to take certain things for certain things i took for granted um you know I, I was taught certain things and but i always really doubted my environment and i doubted if i if any of it was true and i remember i even remember my brother tells me being you know even maybe six years old or eight years old and, and seeing people pray and thinking like, you know, seeing them like sway back and forth in unison and kind of like, and I'm like, I'm like, real like, do they think they're like, like someone's listening? Like, how's that? 
like really and i'm i'm not you know i'm like a i'm like an eight-year-old and i'm like what what is going on like i you know i thought it was like bizarre like do they like so, like a wizard like who's listening like how does this work <laughs> like you know yeah. and i thought like you know i must be crazy and when i grow up like i'll understand and i you know through the years i kind of I, I just marvel at it and it you know it, it just as i grew up it made less and less sense to me mm-hmm. but um anyway so like so after law school you know i kind of went through the motions and i never really I always questioned, but I wasn't sure, but I never really entered the conversation until about, maybe now it's been about 10 years. Um, I guess I'm kind of old now. Um, and I, I heard a, a, a rabbi give a speech, and he, he was giving rational truths, rational arguments for Judaism. And I was he blew my mind because I didn't even know that that conversation existed. And long story short, he, I went up to him afterwards and he said that he debates atheists and imams and priests and Catholics and, and, you know, priests and pastors on YouTube. So for the next, long story short, for the next six or seven years, I spent many, many, many hours listening to all the debates between, you know, Dinesh D'Souza and Sam Harris and Hitchens and all that. And I just kind of immersed myself into it. I read all of their books and I you know, I questioned and lost a lot of the beliefs that I grew up taking for granted. And then I was kind of hit with a big emptiness, like, so how does it all work? You know, like, Mm -hmm. like, so if, if it's not like snapping the fingers and a wizard poof, and it just (laughs) like, how do how, why do I have two eyes and I don't have four eyes? And where do new species come from? And all these, I was like a kid in a candy store. (laughs) I was really excited learning about the stuff for the first time. So I, you know, I, I read some books, I did some research and I fell in love and I'm like, I thought evolution was, it it just blew my mind when I really understood it and I wanted to tell the world about it. And I feel like it's simple enough to tell to children and there were no children's books about it. So I, I thought, you know, when someone said you can't write a children's book about evolution because evolution is not a story. And I'm like, of course it's a story. Once Mm -hmm. upon a time, there was the first living thing and then it, made copies of itself and there were genetic mutations and some looked a little different and then natural selection. And then we get, we get to where we're, we are today and we're all related and we're all literally really related and in the same family and it's beautiful and it's inspiring and it's a story. And I wrote the book and it was a big success and that kind of took off. And have you guys heard of the blog called wait, but why? No, I haven't. I have not. Okay. Maybe that, Maybe uh, you guys haven't heard of it. Maybe he hasn't written a new post for five years or something. But that was a post that, he, you know, he would get into all these uh, kind of like a Rick and Morty-esque kind of blog, you know, big questions. Um, and he would kind of do it in cartoons and explain things really well. So I'm like, I want to make a children's book about evolution, but also kind of ask crazy questions about, um, you know, Like I read this book by Daniel Dennett with lots of thought experiments like the Cascade of Homunculus and, um, you know, all these other philosophical paradoxes I wanted to make children's books about. So I hope to cover some more of those soon. And then I'm also kind of science based as well. Like the first one is evolution and the new one is on the Big Bang and uh, the, the, the formation of the universe. So I'm kind of all over the place, but that's kind of how I got inspired to start the children's book series and kind of what I want to do with it. No, I love it when you said that, you know, so you're, you were in a, you know, older and you felt like a kid in a candy store, like learning about all of this stuff. Yeah. And so you're saying that, and I'm just thinking, how cool is it that we can, you know, if we can give a child 
your book and they can start this process of discovery from such a young age with science plus the storytelling and it's just the perfect intro like you don't have to wait until you're an adult to start questioning (laughs) all of this stuff and but I love that it was it was almost it sounds like almost like a childlike enthusiasm of learning something new and then you get to give that as a gift absolutely and it's you know it still happens every now and then I didn't Maybe two or three years ago, I didn't know really the ramifications of evolutionary psychology and and genetic determinism. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that kind of completely blew my mind. I was like, I mean, it, you know, and now I'm reading books on, uh, you know, morality and why we, we feel like we feel like we're leaning towards certain moral codes based on our evolutionary psychology and genetic determinism. I mean, this stuff is so cool. So... <laughs> You know, whatever. Yeah. And so I think, you know, because we're we're all parents here, right? I I know Dan and I have kids and you also have. And so I think something that we often come back to talking about on the show is how how do we raise a generation of critical thinkers? How how do we raise our children to, you know, make wise, rational choices to, to try to make this planet as good a place as possible. So, so how, what are, like, what are your thoughts as a parent? What are your hopes and, and, you know, dreams for your kids? Right. No, that's a great question. Um, it's a tough question, I feel like, because a lot of people, some people I've heard say it's too young to, te- you know, children are mm-hmm. still forming. They don't really, children don't know the difference between what's real and what's not real so much, you know, it, it, you know, it, it could confuse them. Just let, you know, let, you know, you know, another big conversation is like if your kid looks at you with bright eyes and, and, and he's so excited that the tooth fairy's coming that night, like, are you, you know, are you going to debunk his, his dreams right yeah. then, you know? So it's a but hard... actually... <laughs> <laughs> right. This is all nonsense and we're here for nothing. There's no meaning. Um, you know, but at the other hand, on the other hand, maybe when a kid is young and they don't they're they, they don't have such a critical mind maybe that's the perfect and most important time to do it what i say is you can't go wrong by getting kids excited about reality mm-hmm. and excited about things that we actually know and an underlying theme of my books is that fantasy is great but reality is just as great but better and happens to have the convenience of actually being true and when you grow up <laughs> You could actually do something with it, and you could beca- you could fly to the moon, or you could create a cure for for an illness, or you could do so many things with it and and make the world a better place. So, and it's just as exciting anyway, you know. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. Um, I was also inspired by Tim Minchin, um, and and a lot of what he says, and he you know he kind of talks about that. I mean. When when there was the solar eclipse recently, and you you know you guys saw all these articles like is this a message from God or maybe it's this or maybe it shows that the world is ending, the world is starting. I'm like, can we just enjoy the reality of what we know without throwing paint on it? You know? Yeah. See, and that's that's the benefit of not watching a whole lot of TV. I didn't see any of that, or or at least it, it didn't pop up in my news feeds that Good. people were. <laughs> saying saying things like that yeah yeah but it it seems like it goes really nicely with sort of the way someone like you know carl sagan viewed the world where 
science is awesome and nature is awesome and the reality that we live in is beautiful and amazing and to be enjoyed and savored without the need for a wizard, right? Right, right. And so I, it's cool to see someone like you contributing to that f- for kids because I just I don't feel like there's enough of it. Thank you. And there's and there's so much on the other side of that. There's there's so much just built into our culture where you're just exposed to that constantly. Like I can think of an incident with uh, my own children recently at a funeral where, uh, you know, of course they went on saying, "Well, now you know, so and so is is in a better place, doesn't have to suffer anymore." And and so now now my kids uh, came, came back and said that, "Well, we believe in heaven now because the." the preacher who was, who was going on and on about this great place and how he's, he's happy and yada, yada, yada. You know, of course, like a five-year-old is going to hear that, hear that and want to believe it because he misses his, his relative. And, and I don't, I don't know. I just, I go, I go back and forth on, on if, if it's, you know, you, of course you want, want them, don't want to tell people what to think, but also at such a young age, they're you're at like the truth is at a disadvantage like truth is always yeah. at a disadvantage but especially at a young age uh, you know the truth is at at a great disadvantage and it's it's hard for me as a parent to find that line where okay you know you what you I'm, i'll let you figure out that the tooth fairy is bullshit and that i have to do my damnedest to not wake you up at night whenever i put money on your pillow but at the same time like you don't want to ruin that that fantasy for them and, and, you know, turn them too cynical too, too, too too early, you know? Right. Right. Um, sorry, I just kind of ran there. Yeah, no, selling reality is kind of it. You would think it would be an easy job, but it's, it's, uh, it could be a challenging one, but I think the best weapon against, uh, superstition and ignorance is not debunking things, but more so, showing what we do know and how amazing that is. And I think if you get a kid excited about this stuff when they grow up and they, and someone tells them that, uh, you know, whatever about the tooth fairy or even that, you know, a a 300 year old man built a boat that had every animal on it. And he was 500. Let's let's stick to facts here. Come on. Okay. I got to research that one. Yeah. But uh, I know I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared here, (laughs) but it's going to be a lot less appealing to people who are actually armed with facts and and Mm -hmm. inspired by them. That's, that's what I think. So have you gotten any, um, like feedback from readers, from parents who've shared your books with their kids that has stuck with you? Hmm. Um, I mean, I went to uh, West Virginia this past summer, and I met a lot of the readers, and I got to see them and read to them, and that was the most inspiring and humbling experience, a lot more than I thought it would be. Um, and then, you know, if you in the Am- on the Amazon listing of my first book, uh, a few people posted their picture of reading the book to their kid, and they told me what their, their kids are saying, and it really, um, it was really exciting, but I'm, I'm trying to, I want to answer your question with something interesting. I can't remember any specific, uh, you know, I mean, the first book, someone said their daughter went around for a month pointing to the groove under her nose and telling her friends where it comes from. <laughs> because Which the is book, awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
um you know and then uh yeah but i yeah sorry i can't think of any no, like I, but that's particular. cool yeah that works i'm i'm gonna get um copies of your books to send to my children's school because they, they go they go to a montessori school and mm-hmm. i feel like your message and the way it's delivered goes really nicely with with the montessori approach to school which is very much give the reality of the world mm-hmm. teach kids to think critically and ask questions and and yeah the world around us is just so awesome that you know yeah. let's spend our it's time complicated enough that. Yeah, totally. And so I imagine that a lot of people that are listening are going to want to pick up a copy of your book and maybe follow your work online. So where can people find you and Annabelle and Aiden on the internet? Yeah, thanks. So our website is annabelleandaiden.com, spelled normally and and spelled out, annabelleandaiden.com. And um, and our books are also available on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and just type in, do a search for Annabelle Aiden, they'll come up. Awesome. And we will have links to everything in our show notes so people can be encouraged to, to follow your work. And I know I'm really excited to pick up copies of the book and, yeah, just continue supporting you in what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you made it this far, thank you for joining us for this week's episode. If you enjoyed listening, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening or however many stars you feel we are deserving of. It's your body, your choice. But if you have comments or suggestions, you can reach out to us at podcast at ascienceenthusiast.com and find our full podcast archive at scienceenthusiastpodcast.com. Uh, follow Natalie on Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh Yelp. Nowhere uh, or nowhere. Maybe are you still on MySpace? I, I'm I'm MySpace. still on Friendster. LinkedIn. Will you accept my Never. LinkedIn request? Never. Sorry. You know how many times I've accepted those requests? Never because I don't fucking use LinkedIn. Uh yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and I'm gonna feel bad if they're like one of the sponsors on the, on the show on the commercial since we don't know what they what they promote. Anyway, uh, if you really, really, really enjoy the show and you want to give us money because you think it's silly that we uh, just do this, just put it out there. Uh, you can give us a dollar a month at Patreon.com/slash/TSEPodcast to get access to early and commercial-free episodes. So th- you'll never know if we're actually talking about LinkedIn or not. Uh, or ha- have them as an advertiser, but I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know, what, but what I think I you need next? to read read the names work? of the people that are. I need to read names. To Tattoos and bones: Nathan, Ryan, Alice, Cynthia, Michael, Frank, Jeff, Michael, Lizzie in the lab, Magnus, of Hannah, Felix, Chris, Michael, Michael, Sarah, and Josue. And we are incredibly grateful for each and every one of them. Uh, Natalie, hit us with a quote: "The essence of the independent mind lies not." in what it thinks, but in how it thinks. And that is Christopher Hitchens. And I guess I will do a thank you to the people who support me on Patreon, which are um, Michael and Chris and Marissa and Ari and Jean and Nathan and Chris. And um, tomorrow night, I'm actually going to record the first um, episode of my little 
spinoff series with our friend Keith, who has medium talk. And see, we've come full circle from the beginning of our episode to the end here. And next week, we'll be back with um, one of our episodes that has just been sitting in our, what, Dropbox or whatever forever, which is... Well, we'll say in the... In the I guess it wouldn't be archives. It, yeah, it's, not it's just, it's just been sitting there. It's um Trevor, Trevor Valley, the tattoos and bones of our. Oh, we talked a little, we talked a lot about a lot beer. about beer. It's the science of beer, the non science of beer, and just beer and hangovers and all the stuff. So come back in the tyranny that is uh, pale ales and the, the scourge on the face of the earth that is pale yeah. ales. So we we did that thing, and so we will have that episode finally. It's. Next week. It's worse than ISIS, let's be honest. Yeah, well, we'll see. Pale ales are worse than ISIS. I wonder what Faisal would think about that. That's science. That science? That's just, that's that's just hard, science. That's hard science. It's science. All right, well, it's, I have to go pick up my children. <laughs> no. Oh. Well I know. I'm, I'm just. I'm. I have to go order oh. a pizza and do nothing the rest of, with the rest of my well, evening. Congratulations! Congratulations uh, for being you. I have to um, go pick up my children and hang out with them. I love them. I, I spent them. I spent a weekend in Chicago with my you two did. kids and they were exhausting and I'm exhausted. You deserve that pizza. Go get that pizza. Well, I deserve that pizza. You deserve that pizza. Damn it. Well, I will uh I'll talk to you later. Um oh, and can I before before I hang up, before we whatever, press the button. Psycon is this weekend. So if and if anybody that's listening is going to be in Vegas for Psycon, come say hi to me. Or not, or hey, you're <laughs> doing your your domestic I premiere am. of Science Moms. Science Moms, Yay. super stoked! So, um, yeah, I'll be in Vegas from Thursday to Sunday. So, would love to meet some of you if you're there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that's it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. The um the phrase "cum dumpster" right. was in my I mind. Need- you should have said I, it. It would have been I should funny. have said come dumpster, yeah. The thing is, I didn't shower today. So that's just <laughs> so, like natural. That's like the daily grease that's just kind of sticking well, up your I, hair. And I hope that that's I the think. screen app like for this for the video. It's just you like <laughs> touching your hair. Because before I right. was like, really <laughs> bad. <laughs> okay, so, so, so what we need to do now, we need to stop talking about how Hitler had some good ideas. So, <laughs> okay, anyway. so... I- do yourself a great favor and like this is like a rabbit hole that's going to end like at like 3 a.m for you look up ray comfort banana oh, and oh yeah and yeah. and ray comfort banana. that that's is it. that and is the rest of your night take off if, you, you if you've never seen it that is it's the atheist nightmare oh it's an atheist it's, ploy his words his words <laughs> his words for the a- man himself music you heard tonight was written and performed by adam johnson and was used with his permission you can contact adam at adamjohnsondc@gmail.com. at gmail.com
This podcast is property of Not Narrow or Straight LLC, all rights reserved.